Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. El King is in episode 349. Really, first time we got to hang out with her. We met, we talked about it. I mean, we briefly met, but it was really good and had an unfortunate circumstance leading into it, which you'll hear, but all good. And she was totally down, even though that the situation was not pleasant <laughs> for anybody. Uh, but L is here. And just to look back at L real quick, Worth a Shot is her new song with her and Dirk Bentley. Here you go. So they're back together, and I say back together, they did Different for Girls together back in 2016, which I can't believe it's been that long. Wow. Can can you? I mean, it's, I guess, Pandemic Brain, 2016, six years. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. That's like when we started this podcast. That's been six years, six years since that song? That can't be right. Yeah. That song is six years old? I'll double check right now. Wow. She had a big old smash. It's her song with Miranda. Here is Drunk and I Don't Want to Go Home. And a couple other number ones here, and then I'll let you look that up, Mike. But X's and O's was the number one alternative song. And Shame was the number one alternative song. So, yeah, look that up, Mike, and I'll talk. No, yeah, 2016. That's that bizarre. <laughs> bizarre, bizarre. Uh, yeah, so you're going to like it. We talk about it all, and I'll just leave it there. We do talk about it all. I just enjoyed spending some time with her. She's very honest, and, you know, sometimes i gotta, I got to dig around a little bit to get people to open up because they don't quite know what they're getting into, and they're sitting 14 inches from me, and it's just one-on-one, and they're like, what's happening here? But Elle was good from the from the get, and so... I uh, loved it. Check her out at L King, E L L E K I N G. Check out her new song and enjoy this hour. All right, we are here with L King, which the I guess the worst part about doing a show from your house <laughs> is that if things break, you have to fix it yourself. Yeah. When I'm at the radio show, if something breaks, I just go, engineer. And I clap my hands and I leave, and then I come back and it's fixed. Like 10 minutes before you got here, the air went out. So we frantically tried to call you to go, what do you want to do? And you. Much more of a chant than I am because I was ready to peace out. I was ready to just go sit. You said, let's do it. And I was like, oh, she's tougher than I am. I didn't want to. She made me, so. Okay, well, good. Well, neither <laughs> one of us then. <laughs> no, no. I, I actually can't tell, so. Okay, well, we'll give it We'll give it about 10 minutes or so. Okay. So it's really good to see you. Nice to see you. I think we've met briefly a couple times, like, on the side of things. Yeah. Right? Because I don't know that we've spent any real time together, but I know it's been like, hey. Awesome. Yeah. I right? think I, like, said hi to you one time at the station and maybe it's something like that sounds yeah. right but i just know i haven't really had that that the l king like imprint on me yet and uh yeah. people that work with you love you you know with you I mean dirks and i've been friends for a long long time and he just speaks just so lovely of you and i guess that was my introduction to you over in this space yeah because i remember x's and o's i yeah. think that 
just when I think about my introduction to you, uh, this is X's and O's right here. This is the first song. So would that have been like your, maybe not first, but like your biggest, most widely heard song? Yeah, still is, yeah. Oh, it's still, okay. So that comes out, it happens. And then that to me was you hear, it was like, oh, she did X's and O's, now she's doing the song with Dirks. Yeah. So how did that all come together? <clears throat> Just how did you get here? Like, how did the alien spacecraft arrive? Because everybody comes on a different spacecraft. How did, totally. your, how did yours yeah. arrive and, and, and when and why? Um, well, I, I was riding X's and O's thing. I, I mean, maybe I still am. I don't know. But um, I, I wasn't super. The worlds are very, very separate. Um, and I was so in the alternative kind of rock pop thing because X's and O's came out as alternative and it crossed over to pop and became a big song. And then I got a call and I was asked if I would want to sing on a country song. And I didn't I didn't know who Dirk Bentley was. I just I wasn't in that. So you just got a call. Yeah. So someone basically heard your texture for lack of a better word there. Yeah. And said that would sound good on Dirk's this song. Dirks did. Dirks and, and Mary, his manager, who's now my manager. Right. Um, and I didn't know who he was, so I called my brother. Um my family's from Southern Ohio, and I said, his name is Noah, but everyone's Bob. And I said, hey, Bob, this guy named Dirks Bentley wants, wants me. Dirks Bentley! Ellie, you have to do that. You have to do that. So I was like, oh, well, okay, cool, man. My, hopefully my brother will think I'm cool. So I did it, um, and they were so accommodating. And they said, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll meet you. I was in Austin playing a show, and um, I didn't know he flew his own plane in, and he's so not like, he just he's so lovely and wonderful and um made me feel very like welcome and um I hadn't done like a whole lot of collaborations at that point and um it was just really really fun he let me play banjo on it and we just kind of laughed a, a lot and the whole thing was maybe a couple of hours and so he um, flew to Austin to meet you in a studio there yeah so you were playing a show at what like Stubbs or somewhere or probably I can't I couldn't yeah. tell you and but... he's like before you play that the day before yeah we're going to go into the studio yeah I, I have some I, I have some buddies that you know have a, run a beautiful studio Arlen Studios and um, and so they just got us in there for a couple of hours and I mean I had no idea what that would lead to and i mean it changed my life completely like exponentially when, when they send you a track or when dirks because i just went through this i i do a it's nothing like you but i have a comedy group and we play some decently sized shows and i did wrote a song and i had to send it to one of my buddies and i'm always weird about not weird but there's a fine line in asking a friend to do something professional it's a lot it's a big ask and if they're your real friend it's especially if they're really famous. Uh, in, in my case, when I ask my friends to do anything with me, they're way more famous than me. And uh, it's, a, it's a weird it, thing. It feels, yes, it feels very weird. And, and not that it's the same, but I, I just reached out to my friends and I do it in voice memo, so just couldn't save it. And I was like, I'll, I'll tell you, it was Lainey Wilson. And I said, hey, Lainey, we did this song and we, we opened up for Garth and we never opened for anybody, but we wrote the song. And it went like two, two, two million plays on it. Do you want to sing the verse of this? You can write it. It's a comedy song. And then I'm like, I, I end it and I send it. And I'm like, God dang it. I wish I didn't. Yeah, and then you sweat. And then I'm like, because like, I know she doesn't. And then you're like, I know they don't want to do it. Yeah. Like I know they don't. But, but I sent her the track and it was empty, right? So I sent yeah. her my verse and there's an empty verse on it. Just her. So my question as I get back around to that is, what did you hear from Dirt? Was it the fully produced track? Do you remember with someone else's voice in it? I mean- I believe they sent it to me and Dirks was singing the full song and they said, we want you to sing verse two. Okay, so it was a full Dirks version. Yeah. Just imagine yourself singing verse two. Yeah. When you sing a song, it was, it was already written, right? Mm-hmm. Do you take any liberties? Because you do sing, speak, communicate in your own style. Yeah. Do you take any liberties with when you're singing it back differently? Well, I was still really green then. And I mean, I'm still very green in all of it, but it took me years to be able to say, um, oh, I have an idea and my idea is worthy of being said. And, you know, it, it, I wish, I mean, I recently wrote with this girl named, um, 
Ella Langley and she's 24 years old and she's she's got the confidence that like I wish I had now and I couldn't imagine being so confident in writing rooms and um to like say ideas and and I I I like I wasted a lot of time being like oh yeah okay yeah sure yeah that's what we should do and then not like being my full self um so but then I also was like let me just you know mind my piece and cues I'll sing whatever you want me to do I, I only play I play banjo very poorly but I could make it work and I could do this and um <clears throat> I just did what they asked and uh then I I mean I was like shown the country world which is a completely different experience than I had ever seen ever so I want to play a clip of that this is different for girls from 2016 here you go it's different for girls when their hearts get broke can't take I'm assuming there was no, hey, we feel like this is going to be a single, or did they? Um, I don't remember. I'm asking you a lot of remembering, I know, and it's it's pre-pandemic, I don't remember much either. I also had a, a <clears throat> I was in a very different, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in a very different situation, um, you know, with people that I worked with, so I don't think that I had any control or was it even part of any conversation i i guess i asked that because it's a whole different ball game if you're if you know you're about to be on a single with dirks because especially if it's a collaboration yeah especially if it's a song that has some substance to it right like and it was all of this it was a a collaboration it was a substance song it was a male female so you're about to not only be on the radio and in nashville but you're gonna be on every show you know they're gonna be throwing you on awards i had no idea yeah yeah and and i think maybe they they would have told you that had they known all that was coming, but it sounds like you just were baptized by, okay, here's the Nashville Fire, here's the single, you're, you're running. Yeah. Which, I mean, I like. Right? <laughs> and you talk about banjo, that's such a natural instrument for country. Um, and I say that as someone who grew up in a rural town in Arkansas, but also grew up in the 90s, so I listened to everything. I worked on hip-hop stations. I worked on pop stations, sports stations. Um, like, I grew up and listened to country music my whole life, but that isn't all I am. Right. right, and so you come from musically a stylistically different world. It seems for a second, but you also play an instrument that is very traditional in the country music world, which is the banjo. Yeah. So, how did you start playing the banjo if that's not really you're not growing up in Kentucky around bluegrass? I actually am from Southern Ohio, which is near Kentucky. Well, there you go. Yeah, and um, I didn't grow up playing the banjo. Um, my, we lived in Columbus. My mom was a fit model. And so my mom would uh, take a lot of trips to Hong Kong. And where my family is from, where I call home, is um, Jackson, Ohio. Wellston is a small, small town. And so I spent a lot of my childhood there um, with my mom and papa. Um, I didn't play the banjo there ever. Is, is mom and papa, grandma, grandpa? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, my, my mother's parents. So you, you have a Okay, uh, this, is, this is how I think a lot of people's uh, minds are twisted about you right yeah. now. We just know L. King, pop alternative. Later, it's L. King, daughter of L.A. comedian, famous guy. We only know L.A. L. King. Yeah. The fact that you grew up in rural Ohio yeah. actually says so much more about who you actually are. He's the word actor there twice. Than I think even I had an idea of. I moved to New York City with uh, my mom met my stepdad, um, who, I mean, basically showed me everything about music, mainly rock and roll and soul, which is like, kind of everything that like fuels me um so he moved to new york when i was 11 and then i would go back and forth and i would see my dad in la or san francisco when when i could um i didn't start playing the banjo until i moved out and i um i saw a guy playing the banjo in when i was living in philadelphia in a park and i was like man let me try that i can kind of play guitar and i was like oh this is completely different that guy <clears throat> let me borrow that banjo that like him and his dad made for a couple years and a couple years later, he was like, hey, can I have my banjo back? So I just taught myself how to play. But what people don't know is that I got um, I got signed to a publishing company because of a country song, um, a song I wrote on the banjo called Good to Be a Man. And um, I went in and I played it for, uh, I think it's now Sony, but it was EMI. And I went in and I, I just played my banjo song, Good to Be a Man. And he signed me on the spot and sent that song to... Peter Edge, who's um, big guy at RCA, and um, they signed me. I got signed because of a country song. When you were, let's say, your formative years, let's put you at age 15. 
Yeah. Okay, let's go back to 15. Uh, what were you listening to? Because that was around the time for me when it was Chili Peppers, Tim McGraw. It was obviously Nirvana had had come and they had just gone. Meaning Kurt Cobain had died, but their explosion was just starting. So those formative years for me were that. What were those for you around 15, 16? You know, I, I grew up um, in a house with, uh, probably I don't know, I, countless records. My stepdad is like, um, he's kind of a dick about music like when he they call him good times as a joke because when he walks into a party he's like i take over the music so um (laughs) he he just always let me fumble through his records so everything from um a lot he played me a lot of soul but a lot of like like garage rock and roll and then i was you know a teenager living in brooklyn so i listened to a lot of hip-hop and like i love tribe called quest and i love wu-tang and i i love everything and i i like to play everything. I love reggae so much. My son loves reggae. We listen to reggae all day long. Um, but <clears throat> I, I think what moved me the most is not a genre. It's a, like a, a feeling. So what really like stuck out to me was emotional singers. So like I remember listening to Otis Redding when I was you know like fourteen years old and being like, "There's like I feel like." There's pain in there. I what is that that I feel and connect with? And then I remember hearing, um, I don't know, I must have been 15, and um, my stepdad Justin he he gave me the cat, a Cat Power record called The Greatest, and it was like the saddest record I've ever heard. And on the record, there's a song called Hate, and she's singing like I hate myself and I want to die. And I wasn't like turned off by it. I was like, wow this woman feels something and she puts it into music and me as a listener who's, you know, going through emotions in life and and I'm such a deep, deep feeler. I like wanted to hug her and I felt like hearing all this different type of music, especially something so raw and vulnerable and real as that, gave me the okay to channel a lot of emotions that I have into music, whether it's like I want to party all the time or like my heart's been broken or... I'm sad and blue or like I'm happy. I don't know. Just any emotion, you know, I now have this cathartic way to get it out because otherwise I I think I would explode. So I listened to everything and um, I don't know. It's it's funny because now, you know, people are like, so like how'd you end up a country? And I kind of did trip and fall into like a very cush, like landing in country. And, And I mean, Dirks brought me into that and- but like the world that I saw of country was so just incredible. And there's a reason why people want to come to country. And um, But what I saw from it was people are really happy and people are kind to each other. And I remember my first, I think it was the CMA experience. And I wore like, I got on the worst dress list. I wore like <laughs> fringe tassel pants. They said I look like a matador person i was like eh, all right eh, i'm on a list and um i was backstage and pe- all everyone's doors were open and someone offered me a drink and they're like that person's really famous and um i saw taylor swift and she said she liked a song on my record and i was like okay well all right i can just crawl into a cave and never come out again because this is the greatest experience of my life um and it was just really different because you know i i grew up seeing a lot of unhappiness and um and in the the pop world I felt like I had to like claw so hard and work and fight for this place to be this person that I thought I had to be and it wasn't until I kind of kept trying to stick around in this country vibe which was so fun and I felt like I just felt accepted and um that's not something that like a lot of performers feel in a lot of different ways so a couple questions that i i don't want to let slip by because you said said so much there back to when you're listening to music and you mentioned cat power you mentioned these records that you had heard that made you realize music was more than just a melody right or just lyrics yeah it was actually words that could make you feel something can you remember the first song or songs that you actually felt were written not by you but for you oh 
And I can give you an example to let you think. It's okay. kind of what I do. I, I'll ask a question. If you hear me just start giving my story, it's just because I want a good answer from you and I don't want, to, yeah. I don't want you to feel rushed. Yeah. For me, I was probably, I was early 20s and uh, John Mayer stopped this train. That record came out. And when I heard the song and, you know, it's like, here's John Mayer, a guy struggling with, he's in that age of like mid-20s. And he's like, well, um, the only thing I'm good at is, you know, staying young and he'd always been the youngest. And I was the same way where I was like this really young in the world of broadcasting. I was always by far the youngest, 15 years younger than, and I, and now I started to catch up and I started mm-hmm. to be, and I was like, man, the only thing I've ever been good at is being young. Yeah. And so he, but he wrote this song, Stop This Train About Time and Parents Getting Older. And I was like, oh my God, I feel that. Like, I actually feel what he's saying. And it's the first time in my life that has ever happened. It's not just a song that I was like, made me feel sad or happy. It was like, oh, he's speaking for me. Yeah. When I ask you that question, can you remember a song that you heard that made, that spoke for you? There's always been music that, like, I, I'm the kind of person that if I, like, love a song and I connect with something, like, I have to, like, live in it. And, like, I'm a one song on repeat mm-hmm. until I can't Same. hear it anymore. Yeah. Um, so there's been, like, a lot of those all throughout my life. I mean, one huge one. Uh, oh, gosh, this is going to be so bad. I think maybe Barbara Lynn. You're, you're going to... You're gonna need me, um, and it, it actually wasn't till I was older. But like, I listened to that song so much when I was going through my divorce because it was just like, people are gonna hurt you, and then they'll miss you, and they'll they'll realize that you are good, and it's important to hear stuff like that. I mean, music is such an amazing thing for the world because at the end of the day, it's the soundtrack to life, and and it's it's our connection, and that's you know. Even pop songs that, like, you might not think are deeply rooted in emotion, they might be. Um, another one, I mean, I just can't remember, like, all of the ones from my teenage years because there's probably too many. Right. It's funny you mentioned pop songs that you may not think are emotional just because of maybe a tempo. Yeah. Uh, a tempo is one example, right? And one of those songs that I think of when you say that is, and again, it's a pop song, and sometimes it's on 11 o'clock, line, you should buy the record of the, all the greatest hits, The Proclaimers. And I would walk 500. Yeah. That is such a love song. Yeah, like, when I wake up, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man that wakes up next to you. Yeah. And it's like, but instead it's presented as such a, yeah. and you're like, well, this is kind of goofy. Yeah. But if you just kind of extrapolate, the yeah. thi- you're like, God dang, that is, a, that is quite the powerful song. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, uh, the LSD collaboration, there was a song called Thunderclouds that was like, blew my mind. And when I had a really bad knee injury. And oh, that's skiing? That's skiing yeah, accident. I'm not a skier. I'm like a potato on two things. Anymore sticks. or you were never? <laughs> I'll, I'll try anything twice. I've skied twice. Yeah. I've got three scars on my knee from it. Um, I'm not like a physical guy. It's not for me. Um I like to even sit at concerts. I I don't know. I'm a great chair dancer. Um, but <clears throat> I heard that song and I was I was like very immobile. I'm always hurt, by the way, because I'm just very clumsy and I don't pay enough attention. Like I have a sprained ankle right now, but I make it chic. And um, <laughs> I remember like feeling really crappy in my body because my weight fluctuates all the time. And um, I never wanted to feel like, I can't like run or I'm limited by my body. And I heard that song and I would like, st- I would listen to it on repeat and I would start to exercise and I-, I was still coming like off of my divorce. And a lot of, most of these songs that I feel like were written for me or from my divorce, but um, I would like listen to that pop song and cry while I worked out. I don't work out anymore, but when I did, I would listen to that song. I want to play and take a little sidestep here. This is, L with Dirks. This is worth a shot. The new one here. The baby is worth a shot. One shot from the top of the shelf. Maybe two. What the hell? Because we've been on the rocks. One shot. Maybe all that we got. I don't know about you, but I think it's worth So does Dirks owe you a fa- I mean, is, do you have a free coupon that's like, <laughs> I would think you're like, all right. I did that song. It's quite the hit. Like, whenever I'm ready, I'm going to cash this in. No. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. No, this was, um, it was like a, it happened very quickly. Um, my my whole, the whole process of this record was, um, it just kind of organic, like, I, 
it really did happen super organically. And I'm learning, I'm still, every day I'm continuing to learn like how different it is to be in country music and to, um, there's, there are no fans like country music fans and they're like, they're lifelong fans and you have to kind of prove it to them. And, and once you do, then they love you. And, um, and so when the whole thing with, you know, drunk came out and, um, I got signed to a, I signed with a second label, Sony Nashville. And, um, <clears throat> they're like, well, okay, how are you going to, we're, we'll play it on the radio, but like, how are you going to follow it up? Like, why should, why should we play drunk? And, um, so, okay, well let's make an EP. And then the EP came together and it was like really, really, I mean, it's really good. So they said, make a whole record. And I was like, I mean, twist my arm. So it kind of came about where Worth a Shot was a song that was going to make it on Dirks' record. And I'm, I'm making the record with Ross Copperman. And um, he just said, well, what about this? And we were just laughing, like, well, what if Dirks sang on it? And I also feel like I couldn't make a country record and not kind of pay yeah. my respects. Of, I mean, not only did he bring me into this, but change my life in so many ways and he's a wonderful friend and we genuinely enjoy being around each other he's very funny and um when you do things like this with a friend some of these things can feel like work and when you do stuff with someone like Dirks it's you know your stomach hurts from laughing and and it's I don't know it's just but I had to text him and ask him but did you or could you just go to Mary Hillier and be like hey that you have both of I mean that's what I would have done I've been like hey Mary's going Dirks forever. Yeah. I mean, no, she was like, no, you need to text him. Okay, so she's still— You need to text him and ask that's him. That's classic. Okay, that is that is very much on brand for her. Yeah. That she would still make you do it. Yes. And what's the message that you— Because even though you know he owes you, you don't have to say yes to that, but even though he does, you have a coupon, you still have to ask and it's awkward. It is awkward. What do you say? Do you do you text it? Do you voice memo it <laughs> like I do so it won't stay around? People can keep those. Yeah, but they don't. They forget. They're always I keep like, everyone. Like two minutes later, like, oh, I should keep that. And then pff, it's gone. Like I press then keep before I listen. I will never send you. <laughs> uh, so do you just text and be like, "Hey, I have a song. You want to be on it?" Um, it's different when you. I mean, I you have to like when I texted Miranda for drunk. It was a different text with Dirks. It was still like I felt mortified because for me, I value like our our friendship, and I have some severe paranoia of growing up with you know a famous dad um, that. I never want to be a take. I never want to be a taker. I never want to seem like I, I'm. I don't like users. I don't want. I don't need any. I don't want anything from you. If you're, you know, if I become friends with you, it's like that's enough. But if you did want to do this, right. you know, um, it's always like, hey, I love you. I heard that you didn't want to like put this uh, song in your record. Like Ross gave it to me. Maybe if you'd be interested, like, would you want to sing on it with me? No pressure. Absolutely no pressure. You can pressure. say no. I promise you can say no. Heck, I'd say no. That's what yeah. I say on mine. Yeah. I'd, I'd say I wouldn't no want to do no, it. I suck. I would, there's no way I'd want to do this with me. But if you do. Yeah. And so how long until he goes yes? Um, he sent me a, a very, like a video of him going, woo, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah, I'd love to. But that's Turks, mm-hmm. you know? And I guess he had some familiarity with the song. He knew it. Yeah. Right. So, And we changed the key. <laughs> so he had... And he even did a, a higher harmony. I mean, he's just, his voice is very incredible. And I think that we sound good together. And Dirks wouldn't do it if he didn't want to. He has enough going on. Right. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all.
Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, how did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. I do want to talk about Drunk and I Don't Want to Go Home. Uh, if you'll play that one, Mike. So I mean, massive. Just massive over in this world. I mean, holy crap. Congratulations. Thank you. Because it's one of those rare ones that's so big that it's a unicorn that you see maybe twice a year. And it's one of those. But I guess I wonder what your relationship was with Miranda before this, if you had one. And because that's one that I would think would be a little more difficult if you don't have that relationship, or easier because you don't have that relationship because you can just avoid it the rest of your life. That's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, you said no? I'll never see you again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote Drunk with Martin Johnson when I was 24. That? Really? So yeah. years ago. Wow. Yeah. We wrote, uh, I had two days, uh, two, two session days with him. We wrote um, America's Sweetheart, which is a song off my first record that, I mean, should have, I think should have been a country song. Which, by the way, that one... I know that one too really well. Was that after or before X's and O's? Same record. Okay, so because I, I guess maybe I, which was first as a single? Were they both, they were both singles, right? America's Sweetheart was never single. What? I thought America's Sweetheart was going to be single. I thought Drunk was going to make the record. Um, I just had, diff- I didn't, I didn't know that I had a say. Um, and, and it just kind of takes life to teach you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I'm glad that it didn't because, <clears throat> um, I had a manager that didn't want me to be pop. And so he really, I had no idea, kind of, I, I probably shouldn't be talking about this, but he really tried to bury that. And I was like, man, that's got a kick-ass song. And and so, but I, I still hadn't had my confidence in writing rooms yet. So drunk that I always thought, I was like, dang, that's a massive chorus. But I hated the verses. And um, it took me, I mean, I don't want to age myself, but I was probably 24 and then how many years ago, I <clears throat> I know I'm all over the place right now. No, please be. So we were sitting on that song. And then the last like three or four years, I signed a red light and I've been working with Mary. And I was like, Mary, I've got this song that's like, like we ha- we got to sell it to a DJ or something. And Martin and I hadn't spoken in years. And out of the blue, um, he texted me and he was like, hey, like, would you want to sing on a song on my record? And I was like, yo, you got it. Funny you texted me. Because I think that we should rewrite the verses for Drunk. Now, this is, I met Miranda through Dirks. Dirks brought my, Miranda to one of my shows, I think Marathon Works or mm-hmm. Marathon Music Works. Marathon Music Works, yeah. And, um, and I met her and like I, I had, like, was embarrassed because I was learning about in ears and I felt like I did a bad job. And um, here's like this super mega star. And I may not know much about country music, but I know who she is. And um, she was really cool and really nice. And, 
Um, and then I would see her kind of like at award shows because Dirks and I got nominated for a Grammy and it was kind of like, a, hey, what's up? And then I was doing nothing in country for two years. I was opening for like rock rock bands. I was opening, I did like a very long tour with Hart and Joan Jett and um, Brittany Carlisle was on it. And then I, Miranda asked me to be direct support for Roadside Bars and Pink Guitars. And um, so we would kind of hang every night. And then she had, you know, we did the fool around and fell in love thing. And so every night at the end of the night, we'd all get up on stage. And then she's got Wanda, this like trailer that's a bar and loud music and just to hang. And it's like her tour is like the dream, you know, it makes everyone feel welcome. And so we kind of just became cool. And it, then you country tours are so smart because you do like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you wake up on the bus Nashville on Sunday and you can have a few days with your family so I would come back and I was writing with Martin and we rewrote drunk in 15 minutes and um me and Mary were just talking we're like what if it's a duet what if we ask Miranda and I was like well how do we ask Miranda girl you gotta text her you need to send her the song you need to just do it I was like shaking hey just like I love you so much like I'm already I miss you from the tour and thank you so much for everything I have this song. And I said to her, it's true. I said, you're the only person I'm asking. If if you say no, it's not going to be a duet. Like, I'm so grateful for the tour. It was so much fun. Like, if you would at all be interested in doing this, like, let me know. And if you don't like it, lie to me. So um, she didn't text me back for a whole day. And the next day, <laughs> she texted me back and she said that it was really catchy. And she heard her husband singing it in the shower. And so she said yes. And neither of us, I knew it was a big chorus but we were going to go to pop and alternative with it. I didn't, n- neither of us, we still laughed because we were like, we did not think that it was going to do what it did, um, which is a beautiful thing. And uh, it that song alone taught me so much about allowing things to have life of their, a life of its own. And it's really helped me to like not put pressure on things and kind of give room for, I don't know, sometimes things to do it themselves. <laughs> My wife is, she doesn't listen to a lot of contemporary country. She grew up in Oklahoma and listened to a lot of 2000s country. Now she's very much into emo pop type thing. And But she came in the other day and she was like, hey, you know what my new jam is? I was like, what's that? She goes, well, it popped up on like my emo pop playlist. I was like, what? And she was like, drunk and I don't want to go home. And I was like, that's just now getting to you? She goes, well, I don't listen to what you do. I said, it only, it only comes to me through this way. She was like, that's a good song, huh? And I was like, yeah, it's a really good song. If you're asking me eight months ago when I was listening to it, I said, but it's great that it's still living, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's the life of it is still new to people because it is still such a good song. It is growing now in other places that's not just country, which is that's kind cool. of the, which is kind of where it started in a place yeah. that didn't really have a home in a good way. Yeah. Like it was just art that you had written. And you didn't really have a genre, a name, or it was... No, it was all for my first record. Just... I, I wouldn't bring a guitar to these sessions. I brought my banjo. I was just like a banjo chick. You were the banjo chick. That is that is wild. You know, my perception, <laughs> I'll just be honest with you, my perception of you is completely different than what I'm experiencing now because this is what I felt when you came to town and you did the song with Dirks, that you were a massive L.A. star. You, you, oh. and I think this is how a lot of people feel because they don't know you. So I'm glad that we're actually able to sit down for and have yeah. these extended conversations. Massive LA music star who's who I've heard on pop radio or satellite or you know, you know, yeah, uh, who is probably thinking she's doing country music a favor, uh, has a, is really good at this, has all these massive shows, and you know, she'll be here for a couple weeks and get her hit and and bail out like that because you came from you know it's not now you learn it's not even that world like you had your own version of the musical world you were living in i was completely wrong about where you were coming from mm. from the, most people are about me to be fair <laughs> and i think what is great is now we get to learn why our understanding was off yeah uh first of all that you spent a lot of your life one to eleven and then back and forth in you know, Southern Ohio. Yeah. I have friends that are from there. That's as rural as it gets. Like you're influenced by everything. Yeah. Country music included in that. Um, and then again, I just thought you were a big LA music star coming to grace us with their presence. Oh. And then chunk deuces. <laughs> but to, and I mean this in the best way possible, but to 
hear and understand that you were in your own version of finding yourself at the same time. Yeah, still am. Me too, right? That is a different picture that I'm, re- that I'm repainting of you. And I'm glad I got to hang out and learn that version because I just thought, well, all right, she's going to come do us a favor, Uh-oh. hop down here, do a couple hits, and get out of town and go back to her fancy schmancy Los Angeles. No. I live on a farm in Rhode Island, by the way. <laughs> so you live on a farm too? <laughs> What's happening? I have no idea who she is. Like every, con- I, it's all misconception. All 100, 100% of me and L. King is misconception at this point. She had no idea. Um, okay, well, that is good to know. Not that it, matters but no. but i think that i i think even with your dad being famous i think we thought oh rich, rich hollywood kid a lot of people think that yeah and i don't I, yeah and i would understand why because i and i it. saw that i saw that but my childhood had two like like very big extremes i had a dad that was i mean in the early 2000s forget even snl i mean yeah i've got some memories of being backstage at saturday night live you know um, I didn't spend a lot of time with my dad. and Your biological father. Yeah, my, my Rob. dad, Rob, yeah. Okay. I didn't spend a lot of time with him. And I would see him, you know, he would get me for like a little bit of time, but spent a lot of time with his mother, my Filipino grandmother, who's recently passed on. And um, so I saw very different lifestyles. Um, uh, my dad was like a really big movie star in the early 2000s. And it was interesting to see um but then my mom's side of the family which is why i go by king because that they raised me and um i don't know i i if you if you go through southern ohio you'll i don't know i don't really know how to explain it but like that's what home is to me yeah and um i appreciate it and i love to go home my fam- my family still lives there um so i don't know it's, it's it's, it was an interesting way to grow up to see both extremes. Um, I'm glad that I had it because I saw what, like, I saw what can happen with fame and I saw what can happen with money. And I, 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 I'm always like a watcher. I, I like, I take everything in almost to like a paranoid point. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that I saw a lot of that, you know? We're, uh, my quick version of why I'm asking this question is I don't, I didn't have a dad. My dad left when I was five um, until I was 33, until I chased him down myself. I didn't, I had no relationship. And so, so we were estranged for a long time. It doesn't sound like, or were you guys estranged at all through your childhood? No, so you, no. So he was still your, were you able to be a fan of his work? So you didn't resent him. It was just, you would see him at times. Cause I resented mine terribly. Um, do I have daddy issues? Like not asking as a kid, <laughs> Did you, were you angry, happy that he was your dad? Like if, what's, what's 13 year old Elle think about her dad being famous? Yeah. I mean, I, I still have a lot of, um, I mean, I've done a lot of therapy in my life, um, which has really helped me like unload brick by brick of the crap that we carry our whole lives. Um, but yeah, like I resented him a lot. I love, me and my dad have a, a, like a good relationship now and I love him a lot and I appreciate him and um, him having young children really kind of, I don't know, it helped our relationship. And, um, but yeah, I was a very, ang- I was a really, really angry teenager. Um, I was a, I was labeled a bad kid, but I think it was just now that I'm a mother, I can understand like, you just label them bad kid instead of thinking like, well, maybe their needs aren't being met or like what is going on with them or like what do they not have that is nurturing them. And um, for me, a lot of it was like I felt like my dad didn't like want, like he was like embarrassed of me um, because I was like a chubby teenager and my mom's this like beautiful model and my dad is this like funny, goofy comedian but cares very much about what he has to look like on screen because that's his career. And so it it was a weird thing. I was like the chubby goofy kid and nobody no one expected me to get any level of success at all um because of the i'll do finger quotes but the bad kid that you were not even the bad kid more like the like the fat kid like the goofy kid i, I went to a lot of schools i got kicked out of a lot of schools i was a, I, I i wasn't a very good kid and uh i 
I don't know. I just always played music. And I mean, I had residencies in Brooklyn at like 16, 17 years old. And my my mom was supportive. She'd help me. She'd carry my guitar and whatever. But like nobody thought that out of all like the kids in my family, like my dad's brother had three daughters that were like beautiful ballerinas. They thought they were going to be like famous actresses, singers, and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I, I kind of, I don't know. I, nobody thought that I was going to do it, especially because I didn't want to use my dad's name. I, I mean, when I kind of started to get successful, we didn't, we hadn't been talking for that years. Also, that also wasn't your name, right? Uh, my legal name is Tanner L. Schneider. Oh, it is. Okay. So yeah. you purpose. Okay. Got it. Got yeah. It, got it. I started using my, my mother's last name, like as a teenager. And I just wanted to do, I just wanted to use that name. Not because, I mean, probably because I was angry at, and it's cooler, but also like that was my family. And I, I worked very, 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 very hard to get signed, to get any tour, to play any show ever. And I never wanted anyone to say you got it because your dad, and he knows this now, you know, and because he wasn't, he was, he didn't do anything. I worked my ass off and I didn't want to be right. connected to that. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Do this is what my therapist asks me all the time, and I struggle with it. But and this may be the dumbest question you've heard and can answer it so easily. But are you proud of yourself for what you've been able to do, or do you struggle with being proud for yourself? Uh, sometimes, I it's important to be able to kind of like step outside of the snow globe and see the glory of it. Especially if you know I'm not like a cookie cutter person, so I feel like I I feel like I have to fight less hard now. 
But I'm very proud of myself. I'm very proud that my son uh, gets to see two parents that have very strong drive in their field and that I want my son to see that he is more important than my career, but I want him to see that I can do this. And I, t- I take him on tour with me, like he comes first and I want him to be a part of this. That's always been my dream. Uh, How old is he? He's nine months. So he's not doing a lot of communicating yet. He's just taking a lot in so far. I mean, yeah, he talks shit in his own way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, t- he takes it in. But he's, he's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. It, did being a mom alter a lot of the feelings you had about being a kid? Um, yeah, it gives, I mean, I have so much empathy. I mean, my parents are very, very young and, um, it softens me on them. I couldn't imagine doing any of this, um, in my early twenties and my mom had two of us. So, um, more empathy for my mother than my dad, but especially because, um, you know, my, my partner is an incredible father and is very, very present and very hands-on. Um, but it, I don't know. I, all of it makes me the mother that I am, and, and I think I'm a good mother. I mean, I, I also think I'm a shit mother, but I, I care very, very much, and I want to be a good mom, and I want to be a very present person because I also have a career that is different from my dad, but I am realizing that like I am in this entertainment industry, but I want to do it differently, and... Um, that's a huge thing that I love about country music is that they come back and they're with their families and, and there's family tours. I mean, I'm touring like all year with Stapletons and like I bring my son. Like it's, it's, I feel very safe about that. And I don't know, it's just, I, I'm going to do it my own way though. <laughs> when you, you know, you're an artist, you know, you're more than a musician, you're an artist, especially hearing you talk about the different ways you're affected by, by art. Do you have the other art skills like drawing? Can you... I don't know what what else can you do creatively because I just feel like the, 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 I'm looking at your all your tattoos like there's <laughs> something in you that just wants to always make an impact on something through creation. So what else is it? What how do you else do you fulfill yourself doing art? Uh, I'm it's very nerdy, but I I love. <laughs> I don't be. <laughs> I don't know what I you're about to say. I uh, I love crafting. Okay. Um, I used to work at Hobby Lobby. I feel that sick. See, I yeah, love Hobby go. Lobby. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, it comes out in different ways and I don't always get to have, um, I'm never in one place for very long. So, um, it was weird because during the pandemic, I got really, really into a very specific type of tie dye, which is, um, shibori, which is like a Japanese technique of folding and then natural indigo dye. So it's like really beautiful and very intricate and, um, in hopes of having a baby and getting pregnant because we were trying, I made all these like extremely intricate and beautiful like baby blankets. And um, I love tie-dyeing. I asked for a sewing machine for Christmas and I'm like, I'm making everybody baby blankets with like appliques. It's like very nerdy. Um, I like super intricate things. It helps me shut my mind off if I'm just like busy work. I like to knit, crochet, when I was younger, I went to art school. I thought I wanted to be an editor. I wanted to make music videos or short films. Um, and I got really into illustrations. And I mean, I don't know if I'm good at that anymore. Worst handwriting in the world. Worst handwriting in the Are world. Are you messy? Um, like around the house? Car? It's different now that I'm a mom. I'm, I'm very neurotic. Um, I, I think because it's so like we're – not that we're unstable, but – because we haven't bought a house here yet and we live out of suitcases. So my, I have systems, like I'm routines and systems in our chaos. Uh, so like folding techniques and organization is like a massive thing. Are you a control freak? 100%. Yeah, I would think so. But I think that that might come and stem from a place of not feeling like I had any control as a kid. Completely get it. Same. I'm yeah. such a control freak. Yeah. But because I was a poverty kid and I had no control of anything else. Yeah. But everything I could control, I control completely. Yeah. And that has, I mean, it still lives in me. And I have a wife, so I don't control as much. Mm. But things away from her, like I'm such a control freak that now I can also see why it's not good sometimes. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Took a long time. But you can only hope that no matter when it comes, you are able to see it 
you know? Some people don't Sometimes ever I didn't rec- want to see it, though. Well, because when you when you see it, you have to acknowledge it, and but, you have to— And I didn't want to acknowledge it. Right, exactly. Because it was working for me. I was being rewarded through my career yeah. with the things that got me to that point to be a control freak. So why would I try to fix that? Heck, I was scared to go to therapy. I was like, I don't, yeah. don't want to come to therapy. If I fixed, I'm going to be a failure. Mm. Like, my fear was going to therapy would make me a failure because it was going to wash away some of the struggle— that had gotten me to therapy. Oh, which like is a drive, right? Yes. Yeah. And he's like, chill. Yeah. You're good, homie. No. It will only deepen your drive. He's like, I ain't gonna fix you anyway. You can't. He's like, yeah, wait, you're here to get fixed. Like this is, you're not a car, not a carburetor we can just plug up. Yeah. But, wow. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson... How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Uh, I see that you are hosting the CMA Fest show. Yeah. That is, uh, first of all, good for you. Thanks. That's awesome for you and Dirks. Um, I've hosted that show before. How was it? Well. (laughs) (laughs) I went to it. Yeah. One time, yeah. This is what you will love working for Robert. Um, I worked with him there and I do this the CBS New Year's show and love him. It is the same clothes for four nights. Because love that though. Yes. Yes. I agree. Yes. That part's good. I dress loud, man. If I, know, if I got a sick outfit, I'm going to wear it four days good, in a row. Here's the good part. One, you only got to pay for one outfit. Unless you get a backup in case you spill on it, right? You're, they may be like, we need Fair. to get a sick. I might have two because performance and hosting. Well, I mean hosting outfit right like, right right it's yes four of course, days yeah. it's the same thing right. you may have a second one in case you spill something yeah fair so with that that's we, good we didn't get that maybe we should text tiff yeah so that's <laughs> that's a good part of it but the second thing is about day two in the, in the same clothes you're like do i stink mm-hmm. like do i it's a lot of waiting around a whole lot and you got to be there all the time yeah just in case something goes down but you're gonna love it it's awesome yeah and you're gonna spend four days and all these hours doing it and then they're gonna show up for like an hour and a half and you're gonna be like that was four days. I just yeah. used a 12-second clip for four days. It's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, TV's just weird. It is weird. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But congratulations. That's really freaking Thank cool you. that you're doing that. Thank you. You and Dirks. It's it's very cool to me because my experience with it was, um, I mean, it was during Different for Girls. And it's it's funny that you, or like your perception of me was that I was like some big LA. For like, sure. Um, because when I performed that song with him, that was the biggest live audience that I'd ever played for. And I walked off stage and people, I remember people were like grabbing at me and they put me on the golf cart and we went like whatever past the stage and I had them pull over and I put my face in a corner and I cried 
because it was like such a big moment for me. So when they asked me to host it, I was like, and they're they're probably going, I don't know if we should ask her. She's she's probably going to think this is not nothing. If we ask. No, no, it's a huge deal for me. But all of these things, I mean, I, I get, I still get very, very excited. Um, Oh, good for you. That's well, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I I've lost a lot of that because I just think I'm going to screw it up, and so I don't have excitement. I have so what, you let the anxiety get oh fear of never being able to work again because I screw up so bad, no one's ever going to hire me. Oh, again. see, my thing is I always mess up, so m- the bar is low. So you know you're going to mess up. So part of my charm, babe. Okay, well, my charm is that <laughs> the bar can't. I don't have a whole lot of talent. Talent. So if I if I, I don't have I can't really screw up that much. Mm. So I can't allow it to screw up because I don't have a lot of anything else. Mm. Can't only really sing that well. Only mildly funny. It's just a thing where. But I'm like, well, if this doesn't work and the ratings are terrible, I'm never never gonna get hired again. Mm. I like that though that you're just like oh, I suck. That's what I need to do. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's it's worked for you. All of this stuff is from our childhood trauma, right? For and sure. So all of it, it's like I don't know. It's not that I don't have confidence in myself because same. I actually I don't I and I I don't know how I come off as. I don't know if I I know what I look like, and I know that like I'm a loud ass bitch. Not in the not like no not vocally not no yeah volume and, and, level and and I I hope. Not as much as I used to be, but like energetically, I hope I'm not. But like, I look loud, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But it's taken me a long time to like be okay in my body. And so I had to fake a lot of like really hardcore confidence, which is like very tough exterior, but like inside I'm like pudding, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I'm just trying to kind of like mend the two of like, I'm a softy. I don't have as much to prove anymore. Um, so maybe I can like let a lit like layer by layer, just like let it kind of chill. I think that's life, right? Trying to mend it, trying to figure out the perfect mend. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully try to heal and like get to a place of, you know what? This is good. I'm happy. I feel like I'm going to figure it out. And then the next day I'm going to die. Yeah. I figure out. So I think that's what happens, right? We're always yeah. like, oh, I finally figured it out. Yeah. And then we die. It. And that's it. I think that's life. It's like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're dead. Sick. And I'm going to share it with you. And somehow somebody up there pushes a button and like, cut kills. It, cut yeah. it, cut it he off, knows. Cut it he off. knows. Uh-uh. Shut Too it soon. down now. His time has come. Yes. Okay, look. We have, I'm only mildly sweaty. So I'm going to count today as a success. I appreciate you sitting through and being in the, the sauna here. This is not hot. Okay. Is this the hot seat? Because I feel cool. Maybe I'm just so comforting an interview that it's cool to you. Yeah. You ever think about that? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's a little, little toasty, I'm not going to lie. Um, let me say this. The new song, which I think you're coming up to the radio show tomorrow to play. Is that true? Yeah? Yes. Dang, we're going to find out if you can really sing. Ooh. Oh my gosh, I hope you guys have auto <laughs> Yeah, I wish. They don't give us, like, they don't give us anything. <laughs> uh, so, uh, L and Dirk's Worth a Shot. Now, the entire body of work that you've been creating that was so good, it went from an EP to an LP. No, don't build this up now. Don't you, you use it against me. No, no, no. You said that. No, no, no. I'm only— Come on. Your, you said it to me. I'm holding a mirror back up. They Okay, someone found it to be just good enough. Fair enough. If you take that, take it off me, then it's yes. like, yep, yeah. Someone uh-huh. else found it to be just good enough to say, hey, you should make more songs and make a record. Mm-hmm. When is that whole thing happening? I, I would like to know. Okay, so that, there's not a date that I don't have that I'm no, not No, sharing. no, 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 because there— I'm soon. Got it. And I don't even need a date. I just didn't want to miss something. If it's like, yeah, idiot, it's, uh, it's out Friday. Okay. So it's not. But the new song's out. Um, Drunk and I Don't Want to Go Home, Massive. Are you guys still pushing that in places? In other forms? No? Well, it's showing up. That's the crazy part about it. It's still showing up in places. Count your money. That's, uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Keep counting it. It's coming. Uh, congratulations on everything, really. Thank and, you. And the baby and just... Thank you. Um, I'd like to congratulate myself because I found out a lot about you that I did not know. And that usually happens here, but I'm usually not wrong on just general perception. Mm. Pretty good. Pretty good at that. I swung and missed big time on you, I'll be honest with you. And so I'm really glad that, that you came in. And Mike, you? It was awesome. Just like, yeah, who knew? Who knew she was cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys follow Elle. 
uh, L King at E L L E King. And I guess I'll see you in the morning. Yeah. I, right. Honestly, I want to say like, thanks for giving me the opportunity to like share more about myself because a lot of people probably have um, their own perception of me and I can only be myself. So thanks for having me. I try to be someone other than myself. Oh. Yeah. I like it. That's okay. Yeah. I want to be British sometimes. That'd be cool. I'm like, <laughs> dang. All right, L King, there she is, and we'll see you guys. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.